Hello, everyone. My name is Chloe Lim, and I'm a second year uh, University of Calgary internal medicine resident. Uh, welcome to the Learn Oncology podcast series. This podcast series is produced alongside Dr. Paris Ann Ingledu, a radiation oncologist at BC Cancer Agency. The goal of this podcast is to familiarize listeners with the pertinent topics and core concepts in oncology. So, everyone, welcome to another episode of Cancer Careers. Uh, this episode is quite special as we're introducing medical oncologists to our series um, and we're hoping that this series will continue to help our listeners understand the life of an oncologist better. This series will explore paths to different specialties and niches within oncology in a casual setting and you may find that it inspires you to pursue oncology as a career or even just expand your knowledge of cancer care. So we really hope that you find this episode very helpful. So today we have Dr. Christine Simmons, a uh, medical oncologist from BC Cancer Agency located in Vancouver, BC. She currently serves as a current program director for UBC's medical oncology training program. Thank you so much for being here today. Welcome to the welcome to our podcast. <laughs> thank you so much, Chloe. It's an absolute honor to be here. Um, I can't thank you enough for this initiative that you've uh, that you've put together um, and for the work that you're doing on this. Um, you know, as you were saying in your introduction, um, these podcasts have the ability to uh, affect people, even even people who who may not be thinking about a career in oncology. Unfortunately, um, you know, I don't mean to start on a, a down note here, but unfortunately, in Canada, cancer is something that will affect uh, about fifty percent of the population in some way, shape, or form over the course of their lifetime. Um, and so no matter what kind of a doctor uh, a person chooses to become or what kind of an area in medicine, uh, you know, someone decides to, to go into, you will be seeing and caring for people who have cancer. Um, and so, um, you know, I, I personally um, really get a lot out of my, my career and, and uh, enjoy my career. I do love my job. Um, for whatever reason, um, but uh, but even if um, someone's not interested in going into medical oncology, I hope that they do listen to your podcasts and uh, and get a lot. And I'm sure they will be getting a lot out of it. Absolutely, absolutely. Thank you for that sentiment, um, Dr. Simmons. Just to get to know you a little better, I do have a quick icebreaker question for you. Oh boy! Okay. Um, <laughs> Vancouver is a wonderful city, and I know that you're very happy living there. But I'm wondering if you had a chance to visit and live in a different city for one month, where would you like to be? You know, that's an interesting question. If I had the opportunity to visit and live in a different city for one month, where would that be? And, um, you know, interesting question, because you can think of that as, you know, visiting somewhere for the the um, inspiration of the environment you can think of going somewhere to get a sense of what it's like to to work or or the type of practice or how oncology care is delivered in another uh place um you know i, I am very much though a, a a person who who does uh really value being with my family um and i do find that you know as with anything in medicine it's important to find things that provide us balance. Um, so I would probably um, actually choose a city that, that my uh, family uh, is, um, is living in. And, um, I, and so for that reason, I would um, probably choose 
a tiny little little fishing village called Garin Haven uh, in Cornwall, UK, uh, where where my parents uh, live and where my uh, heritage is from. Oh, so that might be a little bit boring on one side. No, that's um, very different. But, uh, yeah. yeah. Oh, wow. Well, thanks for sharing that. I, I've never heard of that um, city or, or town. Surprised. It's not really <laughs> a city or a town. <laughs> okay. So I see, I see that your family is from there. Well, thanks so much for sharing that. Um, I'm wondering that some of our listeners might be not too familiar with what a medical oncologist do. If you had to explain your job to non-medical friends, how would you uh, describe your job and what does your typical day look like? You know, this is a great question as well, because I think as medical oncologists and maybe even as radiation oncologists, we often will say that, you know, this question of, oh, what do you do for a living um, can be a conversation killer in polite company. You know, that uh, mixer at a party. Oh, what do you do? I'm a teacher. Uh, what do you? Oh, I'm a cancer doctor. So, uh, you know, then usually people kind of get turned off. But as a medical <laughs> oncologist, um, I'm a, a, a cancer doctor. I specialize in the treatment of cancer. Um, from a medical perspective. So I give the medicine. Um, I give the chemotherapy, the um, targeted therapy, anti-hormone therapy, immunotherapy, um, anything that uh, involves taking treatment by vein or by mouth. Um, It comes under the the, uh, discretion of the medical oncologist. I often explain to my patients, um, you know, to to help provide context in in cancer care um, for for patients or for people in the lay public, that in Canada, anytime someone is diagnosed with a cancer, for the most part, um, in most tumor sites, um, you automatically have a team um, of, of doctors, the surgical oncologist, um, specializes in removing the cancer from the body, if possible. The radiation oncologist who specializes in delivering extra treatment where that cancer was originally to decrease the risk of local regional recurrence. Um, and then the medical oncologist who specializes in uh, decreasing the risk of recurrence of a cancer anywhere in the body. Um, so, so that's what I am. And I tend to be kind of the I always explain to my patients of the members of your team, I, I tend to be the one that's more of the, the whole body type of, of view. I'm always assessing my patients um, from, a, from a whole body perspective. The medicines that I give can go anywhere in the body and cause side effects. Cancer, unfortunately, I, I, for the most part, can go anywhere in the body. So really important for me to be a strong have strong internal medicine skills um, as I approach uh, my patients um, from a medical oncology perspective. That might have been more than you bargained for in the answer to that question. No, that's I think that's a very thorough and um, very very excellent answer to your job. Um, thank you for that. I'm I'm wondering and I'm I'm personally curious why did you end up choosing medical oncology? And as someone who's also interested in medical oncology, I think this will be very helpful to hear your side of the story. Would you mind sharing yeah. that with us? Absolutely. Um, you know, it's interesting. I think that uh, if you were to ask, I'd be very interested to see how this question is answered from other medical oncologists, uh, Chloe, because I think that 
each one of us has a slightly different but very similar um, sort of story of having that one inciting event that you can recall in your uh, in your medical development, so to speak, um, that kind of twigged you onto medical oncology, and and after that you couldn't real you didn't realize why you hadn't thought of this before. Um, when I went into medical school, I thought 100% I wanted to be a family doctor. Um, I loved the continuity of care. I loved developing relationships with my patients. Um, to me, that um, that longitudinal relationship um, uh, was something that I uh, needed and that I wanted. Um, uh, and I thought family medicine was was the best um, suited specialty for me. Um, and I like to talk a lot, in case you hadn't noticed. Um, and so I, I started along that path. And then in the in the first year of, of medical school, you know, we had very little, but we had a, a little bit of uh, discussion and lectures about the um, uh, science or the, the basic science of oncology and how, you know, cancer cells become cancer cells and how, you know, this is basically the person's cells. It's their cells, it's their, their body. Um, but something has occurred in those cells. The, the, um, uh, cell cycle uh, machinery, that fine-tuned balance of uh, of um, growth and and inhibition of growth, has been uh, switched into the permanent on uh, 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 button. Has been kind of switched on, for for lack of a better word. Um, and uh, uh, and these cells are just continuing to grow without any uh, respect for their local environment and and learn to invade. Um, so I thought that science was really cool. Um, and then, you know, in the summer of, of first year medical school, there was an opportunity to do a studentship um, to um, uh, get extra experience in the cancer clinic. Um, and this was a studentship that was set up by a former patient um, because that former patient had had actually a negative experience with um, uh, medical students um, in that they appreciated that there wasn't enough hands-on direct patient care with cancer patients that um, that medical students at that time were being provided. Um, So they developed this studentship. It was a nine-week studentship. The purpose was to really get as much exposure and experience in all the aspects of oncology as possible. So I spent time in the medical oncology clinics. I spent time in radiation oncology clinics. I spent time in the psycho-oncology clinics. I spent time with the pharmacists, with the pediatric oncologists. I even did home care visits with oh, the, wow. um, yeah, that was probably one of the most valuable things to actually see patients that I had actually seen with the doc in the clinic and then be in their home and realize how different everything was and I actually didn't even recognize the patient. They pointed out to me, yes, I saw you in clinic last week. And I was like, oh my God, completely different when you're in your own home. Yeah. Um, so it was really an eye-opening experience. And um after that I I realized that no, this is my calling, medical oncology, even after exposure to all of those um specialties, I realized that medical oncology um uh, provided me with that um, longitudinal relationship. Um, I really get to know my patients very well for a very long time. 
thankfully, nowadays in the setting of metastatic uh, cancers, I am caring for patients for many, many years. Um, you know, they really do become, uh, 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 you, you develop a very close relationship um, with these patients, with your patients. And um, uh, the science is just so amazingly cool um, yeah. and is constantly changing. You know, I always have to be on my toes and, and um, it's never boring. That's for sure. Um, <laughs> and as I said before, it's uh, something that could affect any part of the body at any time. Um, so it also allows me to continue to be uh, um, uh, up to date with my clinical skills um, and to uh, continue to use my internal medicine skills uh, that I developed. So, you know, there's research, the longitudinal relationships, um, the reward, the opportunity for teaching, the opportunity for research. Oh, my God, Chloe, I could go on and on. We could do a whole po podcast on this. Um, <laughs> I, I really do. Um, I really do love my job. I do. And um, I think that, uh, you know, I, I, I agree, though, that medical oncology is not for everybody. Right. I mean, mm -hmm. I. I acknowledge that. At one point in my life, I was like, who wouldn't want this job? This is the best job in the whole wide world. Um, but it's not for everybody. But for those for whom it is the right fit, you know. Um, and you, you feel that and you know, and it's that kind of, I think other oncologists will explain it as well. There's almost that intangible moment where it just clicks and you're like oh no I I can do this I can do this for the rest of my life in fact I can't imagine why I haven't been doing this already oh that was so inspiring <laughs> thank you for sharing that thank you so much for sharing that I'm sure the listeners will very much appreciate that experience that you got from that nine week sounds like was transformational in terms of your career but also in terms of how you how you kind of um carried yourself forward into the field so thank you for that I'm, I'm wondering if we can switch a little bit of the gears and outside from the clinical world and outside from your clinical job do what other things fascinate you about your field is there a research or a certain project or a topic that you're passionate about could be about educational or whatever you'd like to talk about thank you chloe absolutely and you know i think that that's an important um aspect of oncology is to have that balance of i uh, of something else um you know the the being 100% clinical in medical oncology actually is really tough. And I think there are probably very few uh, oncologists that are 100% purely clinical because um, you need that other thing, right? You need that outlet of the, the research that you're doing that's inspired by that patient that you saw that you couldn't help, but you know, gosh darn it, I'm going to uh, continue to bring this forward and, and look into researching other ways of, of treating this type of cancer so that other people in the future don't suffer the same way that my patient did. Um, or in teaching, yes, I am the, the program director currently for medical oncology. I feel very strongly that it is my duty um, as, a, as a clinician, as an oncologist, as someone who has benefited from excellent mentorship to pay it forward um, to the next generation. That's why I'm so passionate about the podcast that you're doing um, as well, Chloe. This is um, uh, an opportunity um, for me to be able to, to pay it forward to those, to you and to those who, who might be listening, um, because that is so, so very important. 
um, there is so much that we learn um, each year about um, how different uh, cancers uh, end up um, uh, progressing or regressing or responding or not responding to different treatments, that there's always opportunities to teach and to learn. Um, and that teaching and learning cycle is something that I also find very, very rewarding. Um, I have been involved in teaching at the medical school level. Um, that's an area that I think probably many of your listeners, and I think Dr. Ingledew would agree as well, has been a, a bit of a, a void or a bit of a chasm. It's been a, a tough nut to crack in terms of getting oncology into the medical curriculum in a real way. Um, it, it's way harder to, to get real estate in a medical curriculum for oncology than it is for cardiology. Um, yet, you know, we're about equal uh, in terms of our impact on Canadian lives. Um, so there's there's those aspects of, of things that I do. And then from an administrative perspective, you know, there's um, those uh, colleagues that you can think of, I'm sure, uh, Chloe, um, maybe yourself included, um, who have uh, leadership skills that are natural or who have a a penchant or a, a desire to be involved in in uh, committees or process management um, or improve the flow of patients or people through an organization. Um, and so those um, uh, administrative um, aspects of, of the job uh, can be very rewarding as well, especially when you can connect it to seeing how, you know, improving uh, clinic flow here will allow us to um, improve access to oncology care for a population of people. Awesome. I'm I'm wondering about your path towards becoming a program director. I'm wondering if there was a mentor that inspired you or what brought you to that um, very important role, we would you say? You know, I think one of the most important things to take away from this podcast is that no one has a straight line in their career path. Um, so everybody, you know, who's listening, who thinks, okay, medical school, done. Residency, done. Uh, you know, uh, subspecialty match, uh, going to be a medical oncologist. Yes, please do apply. It's great. It's a great, great job. Done. Um, you know, and then and then what happens beyond residency um, uh, becomes a little bit more of a spaghetti uh, diagram, to be honest with you. And I don't think anyone has had a, anyone ever has a straight line in terms of their career tra trajectory. Um, I kind of started off down a path thinking that I was uh, going to be a clinician uh, researcher, uh, and I still do do research, um, but I had initially started off down a path of more basic science type of research. Um, and then realized uh, fairly fairly quickly that it was more the, the uh, pathway of care um, that the patients were um, uh, were, were uh, receiving and the quality of care that the patients were receiving um, that was what interested me as opposed to identifying the uh, biomarker that predicted for who was going to respond to treatment X versus treatment Y. I was really interested in realizing, hang on a second, we think we're treating patients all in the same pathway of care, but we're actually not. So let's take a step back and, and look at how we, um, how we apply this knowledge uh, to our, our patient populations. And each time I kind of 
looked at doing something, I realized, okay, well, let's take a step back and look at how we obtained this knowledge. Okay, let's take a step back and look at what, oh, well, who's teaching this? Oh, well, someone needs to teach it. Well, maybe I should teach it. Um, oh. and, and so it kind of ended up being a, a very different trajectory than what I thought I was going totally. to end up on uh, at the beginning of my career. Um, in terms of um, mentors, yes, you know, my program director when I was in um, uh, medical oncology residency in, in, at U of T was um, actually I had two because my program director retired and we got a new one. Uh, as I was in the middle of my um, uh, residency training for medical oncology, which was awesome. Um, so, uh, uh, you know, my initial program director um, uh, was fantastic. And I remember um, one of the, the sort of seminal moments was uh, he was um, promoted to a professor um, at U of T. Um, and at U of T, they had a... Um, of a, a bit of a reception or a bit of a ceremony uh, when a physician was promoted to professor on the academic track, um, which is appropriate because it's an achievement. It wasn't a big to do, but it was, you know, they gave a few words, their family spoke a little bit, one of their mentors spoke, one of their mentees spoke. You had a glass of wine, you toasted them, you had some cheese and crackers, you went home. <laughs> Um, and he invited all of his residents to come. And oh, it was, really? yeah, and, and it was really great of it that he did that. And it was so important because it made me realize, you know, that there was this continued, um, continued things to, to, to work towards after uh, you finished, um, uh, you finished your training. Um, and then my uh, second program director uh, was very interested in, uh, the teaching of, of human ethics. Um, and I realized how, you know, that the, the um, uh, program kind of shifted a little bit in terms of it, not a lot, but just a little bit in terms of its um, flavor and, and realized how, yeah, you know, it is important, the, um, the impact that the program director has on the, um, on the training and the, the mentorship and guidance that I received from both of them, again, I felt very strongly that it's my duty to pay that forward um, as someone who's benefited from it. Um, mm -hmm. And then uh, being involved in teaching here in, in UBC and kind of natural involvement in the residency training program kind of led to a natural progression into this role um, that I took on as of, uh, uh, as of um, 2021. Wow, amazing. Well, thank you so much for all your insights. And you're such an inspiration and such such a great storyteller as well. Uh, I was quite mesmerized during during the uh, entire interview. So thank you so much for that. I'm wondering before we head off, do you have any final comments or thoughts about um, anyone interested in medical oncology? Anything you would mention to you if you were um, applying to medical oncology earlier on to your younger self or any anything you'd like to end off on? You know, I think um, what I, that's a really good question. question. What would I mention to my younger self? Try it. You know what? Come to the oncology clinics. Um, I get a sense of what it's like. Um, you don't have very much exposure at all um, in your training, uh, even up until you know 
even up until applying to medical oncology or even getting into medical oncology programs, there's very limited exposure that, that most people have. Um, come to the clinics, um, reach out, give it a try, talk to your friendly neighborhood oncologist. Um, we want you. Uh, we have um, a very strong need in this country from coast to coast for medical oncologists. Um, in this province right now, in British Columbia, as I speak to you, as of, uh, what is this, January 4th, 2022, uh, we currently have, I believe it's something like 14 open positions for oh, medical wow. oncologists in this province. Yeah. Um, and that is going to grow exponentially over the next number of years. So we don't actually have enough human beings um, uh, in this country to train and to to recruit from. So I guess what I'm saying is we got jobs. You are all special. You are incredibly special. If you have any inclination, even if you don't, even if you're listening to this podcast because Chloe made you and, <laughs> um, you know, just try it. Just give it a try. Just come. We might surprise you. Um, and, um, I, and that's what I'd have to say. Um, and, uh, don't be afraid of us. We're friendly. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much for joining us again, Dr. Simmons. It was such a pleasure to getting to know you and your journey. And thank you for the listeners for tuning in. We will have more episodes in the future with other medical oncologists as well. Um, and we would love to hear from you. Please fill out our short survey that is on the link that's attached to our show notes. We really appreciate it. If you'd like to learn more about oncology in general, please check out our website, learnoncology.ca. We also do have an Instagram handle where we post um, different types of quizzes online at learnoncology.ca. Thank you.